Welcome to Visibility Era, the podcast. We've created a community of business owners with a spiritual backbone who know that they are here to make an impact and be seen on top tier media, create relationships with high profile experts and speak on massive stages. And let's be honest, more exposure equals more money. And we are so here for that too. We're Bridget and Lydia, time to step into your Visibility Era. Okay, let's pump the brakes for a moment. Just want to say something that's super cool. So last year, Lydia and I decided to shift our business model a little bit. You know, we've been in business now for one year straight, and we've been offering mostly live courses for business owners and authors to learn from us in real time. And we really desired to have a little bit of a different shift, and we realized that, you know, our audience desires the same. So we shifted all of our programs to be totally self-paced. And with that, you now have this ability to learn for yourself. We have business owners who have purchased the course and actually their teams are the ones going through the course to implement the work for the founder, which is super cool. But we just got word that we have placements, TV placement, Fox News, how cool, a local channel, Substack blog, a pretty big blog, meaning that it has a lot of viewers, a lot of people who are actually subscribed to this blog, which is, you know, we did our PR and media forecast for the year in Substack, like that is going to be something that's big going forward. These curated, high touch, high value types of newsletters, important, and also Flawless World blog. So we have some exciting things that our students are already doing. If you want to grab access to Pitch Party or any of our digital courses, just head over to visibilityonpurpose.com slash courses, and you can see what we have right there on the page. Let's go back to today's interview. Welcome back to another episode of Visibility Era. It's your host, Bridget Sisko and Lydia Bagarosa. And we are changing things up today with our guest, Luciana. Welcome, Luciana. Thank you. Hello. It's so nice to be here. Yeah, this is fun. I was um, sharing before the show started, like we're so used to talking about all things PR and media and interviewing writers and journalists. And we've been also thinking about, you know, visibility is such a wide net. Our business is visibility on purpose. The show is visibility era. So why not talk about a completely different channel today, which is all things YouTube. So yeah, Luciana, we're excited to have you here and sharing all things YouTube. But I think my first question is like, why YouTube? Like, give us the, give us the why, give us the pitch for YouTube. So I love that question because for me, YouTube kind of happened by accident many years ago. So I've been in the digital space for 15 years and around seven years ago, I decided that I wanted somewhere where I could get go more in depth right so my thing was instagram i was all about growing on instagram and teaching instagram tri- tips and tricks and all the things and this was before we had you know 15 minute videos on instagram this was before we had carousel posts so i was just like where can i give my audience juicier meatier content youtube that sounds like a good idea so i started a youtube channel but the great thing is that i did it just for the content And I didn't really see YouTube as a place for marketing or visibility or, you know, really growing an audience because I was very naive, right? So I'm here doing all this content on Instagram and all this content on YouTube. And then I started launching my online products and the whole thing like just blew up. So I was doing launches. Anybody who has an online 
uh, product knows how it goes. You do launches every few months, create all this content to generate leads. And there I was. And this whole time I'm like, Instagram is where the sales are at, but I'm still posting on YouTube and I'm just linking my things unpretentiously on YouTube. And then what happened is I had intense debilitating burnout, which landed me in the hospital. And I was out of commission for like literally a year where all I did was cry and look at dog videos. So no work whatsoever. And, you know, after many, many months of that, like panic attacks when thinking about my business and, and depression and all that, one day I decided to check my business account, um, which was literally, I had not looked at anything business related. And I had a lot of money in there that was not there before. It was like six digits in there that I didn't have before. And I was like, what? Are, are we allowed to say that? I'm sorry, but <laughs> you're allowed to curse like, on here. <laughs> what the fuck? Right? Like, where did this come from? And so that's kind of what got me out of like, like major funk and put me in detective mode. And I found that, you know, all these products that I had been creating along the way, accidentally, they were evergreen and they were linked through all of my videos. And that time period of a year where I was out of commission, my channel grew by almost 100,000 subscribers. I got millions of views without doing anything. And then I had my aha moment. I was like, wait a minute, like what's going on? Like I came, when I posted on Instagram when I was back, like I got crickets. And so Instagram was like punishing me for being human and getting sick while, in, while YouTube was rewarding me for literally doing nothing. And that's when I really, started to look at YouTube through a different lens, right? It was delivering my content to people who were searching for the problems that I solve. And it was nurturing those people because, you know, if you're spending 15, 30 seconds in Instagram stories with someone, you're not really developing any sort of intense connection. Whereas on YouTube, you spend 15, 20, 30 minutes with someone when you watch their videos. So you just get your audience so much more warmed up and you really build that authority. So, you know, based on that experience that I had, I really started to see YouTube as kind of the center of like my universe in business. It's from YouTube that I've gotten you know, invitations for to speak at events or to go on interviews and 70% of my followers on Instagram come from YouTube. So it really is the place that helps get everything else in my business in motion, not to mention sales on autopilot, which like I feel is the dream of every entrepreneur. And I don't understand why nobody's talking about this. I mean, people are talking about it, but why aren't more people talking about it, right? <laughs> yeah, YouTube sounds like the Mecca and I know Bridget's wheels are turning. I'm looking at her and she's gonna, <laughs> after this conversation, she's gonna be like, okay, Lydia, here's a strategy. But okay, so this show is centered around visibility. And I would love to hear, before we get into like the nitty gritty of the YouTube strategy, which I definitely wanna touch on, how was, what was like your, um, your journey into visibility. I know that you started, or I don't know, I was looking at your Instagram and, and there was something about a fashion blog and starting there. And so I'd love oh. to hear like how you went from blogging and video and then YouTube. And now you're saying that you're doing like events and podcasts and what that felt like through the whole journey. Yeah. So visibility changed my life and my business for sure. 
Um, like I said, I've been in the online space for 15 years. So what that looked like 15 years ago was a fashion blog. Um, and I, I think my first foray into business was really monetizing that blog and working with brands on sponsored content and, um, you know, affiliate marketing and all that. And then you, and then not YouTube, Instagram came into the scene and, at this point, I was living in my hometown back in Brazil. So I had, you know, grown up, done all the things in the US, gone back to Brazil. And there really was nobody talking about like using Instagram for business and for just, you know, getting visible, right? Yeah. You remember like filters and people like Gosh, the filters were so yeah. the filters were so <laughs> funny. If you go back in time from when I like first started my Instagram, I remember posting pictures of like my coffee with like 10 filters on it and I thought it was so moody and artsy for likes 100 <laughs> yes place yep and, and and you know that that's what it was it was like this place where people just shared their friends and their day-to-day lives and I really started to look at it as a way to get more visibility for my blog um and grow my audience so that that started to work but again like i said 70% of my of my followers on instagram ended up coming from youtube because i was like okay instagram i'm i'm doing all these tutorials this is great this is awesome but like how do i dive deeper and i found out that when people have questions and you have answers a place like YouTube or Google, you know, for blogs where you can optimize for SEO gets you so much visibility because you can really be intentional about the content that you're creating and target that ideal audience, right? That ideal client. Um, so it, it, it was like visibility that kind of worked backwards for me. Like, okay, Instagram's getting me a lot of visibility. Cool. How do I make, how do I, share this with more people YouTube awesome and now it's getting me more visibility which was amazing but it's definitely something that like everyone who you know comes up to me or sends me a DM or sends me an email is like hey I love your YouTube or hey I saw this video so I I know that they're coming from YouTube and like I said spending that time with me and getting to know me and then deciding to follow me or reach out yeah so when I was looking at your Instagram this past week and we had just met this week. So it's kind of everything was just like, bam, bam, bam. Um, What I thought was really unique about your videos and what something different that you're doing on Instagram that I don't see a lot of people do is you were so casual. You still had really good content, but your videos had more of like, I'm a friend talking to you. So did that kind of come to you naturally or like, what did that, I'm like giving away your secrets. Like how did, how did you start talking to your audience in that way? Cause I feel like a lot of us can kind of get a little robotic, especially when we're not used to speaking on camera. Absolutely. So I think that first of all, I love breaking the rules and <laughs> one thing that I see and have seen for a long time is, you know, anybody who's talking business or marketing or strategy feel they feel like they have to you know use gold because that's like high ticket or you know be very businessy or serious and and there's lots of people who are going away from that now but like that was one of the first things that I thought to myself like I don't want to be that person like 
I want business to be fun. If it's not fun, there is no use doing it. Like, why am I even here? Right. Um, so from the very beginning, I had this intention of speaking to my followers, my audience and my clients as friends. And if you like really go deep into my content, like my newsletter, I call, I, I address my audience as migas, which means friends in Portuguese. And that's just like how we talk casually in conversation. Like, hey, Miga, did you see that movie? And that's how I speak to my audience, even, you know, my English speaking audience, because that's what, that's how I want to see them. I want to be a friend who helps them achieve those digital dreams that, you know, that building their online empire dream. And I don't want to speak, you know, down from them or, or from like this place where like, I know better because I was there once, you know, I was in that place once and I had to do the work and hope that somebody would help me. So true. I, um, one of the things I saw on your Instagram too, it might've been from a little while ago, but you were like, is Instagram dying? And this is something that Lydia and I have actually recorded a bunch of episodes on, not necessarily talking about how it's dying, but just that there are other ways to focus on longevity and sustainability of your business. And like, we talk about that through PR, because when you're getting these articles or you're on a podcast that obviously lives way, way longer than that one fleeting post on Instagram. So let's talk about like how YouTube works in terms of SEO for anyone who doesn't really understand that concept and search, search terms and searchability. Absolutely. Um, just like a little bit of spoiler, like, I don't think Instagram is dying you know, but it, it has matured so much because like, I remember when I used to get like thousands and thousands and thousands of likes per post and it's just not that way anymore, but that's something that's inherent to any social platform, I believe, right? We lived through the era of MySpace. We lived through Facebook being the thing and yeah. Instagram is just, is just part of the journey. The thing about YouTube that really sets it apart is that YouTube is a search engine. YouTube is like Google. In fact, it's owned by Google. So you, it, it doesn't depend on, you know, whatever trend is happening right now. Oh, Reels is the thing. So now that you do more Reels, you get more reach. No, it's a, it's a search platform and that's what gives it its superpowers. So let's talk about those superpowers, right? The first is in fact, search. When you know who you're talking to so well, better than they know themselves, you know exactly what to create so that you become that first search result when they're searching for the thing that you're the solution for. So that's super powerful. And I love actually con conducting interviews from time to time in my business to really go back to like, what are my clients really thinking? Like, what are the words that they are using to describe those pains and desires and really incorporating that in my titles, in my actual video, because yes, the algorithm can like listen to what you're saying and, and, and use that to rank you in my descriptions, in my tags, in my thumbnails, everything, right? So searchability is a major, major superpower of YouTube. And the fact is that once your video is ranked, it's ranked for life. So you get a video at the top of the search results. That video is not going to go anywhere unless somebody comes along and makes a video that's so much, so much, so much better than yours that it drops you down to second. But in my experience, that has never happened. You go, when you, once you rank, you are ranked for life and those views just keep coming in through search, which is amazing. So that's the first thing. 
The second thing is content longe longevity. Okay, that's a hard word for me as a Brazilian, but I think it's right, right? Longevity. Um, where, again, when, once you're ranked, you're ranked for life. And that is so different from the way that our traditional social media platforms work that value recency, right? The, that make your content just disappear after a few hours or days or weeks. So a video that you create today can be bringing you leads and sales and visibility and authority for years to come. I have a video from five years ago that literally brings me sales every single day. I like typed it out on, on a screen, um, on a spreadsheet to see when I say every day, is that true? Yes, it's true. It brings me uh, sales every single day and it's five years old. So you get the opportunity, right? To just create that one piece of content and let it do the work for you. And then with, with, the, with the search results, that's just like the most amazing part of the whole thing is that you're ranked, you're ranked for life. And then those leads, those sales just keep coming. And that is a characteristic of a, of a search result not of social media platform. Mm -hmm. yeah. This is the biggest thing that I have in my mind. What if you're not good at editing videos? Like I've found that, you know, I can record a video like this teaching something. It's very simple, right? But the the you're not changing. There's no B-roll. There's nothing like exciting. So it tends that the user, the watcher doesn't love it as much. So what do you say to the like video editing newbie who's like, yeah, YouTube's a great idea. Like you're selling on us, it, uh, on us already. <laughs> but where do you start? I love that question because it is the question that I get the most often. And it makes me think of my first video that blew up where I was literally doing a, a app tutorial on my on my phone like to the camera and I'm like putting the phone up to the camera and it looks really bad and it it's I think at this point it has 1,200,000 views um but it's bad like it's a bad quality video now I'm not saying that you should you know upload bad quality video I'm saying that YouTube is a learning curve and you just have to start right just start making videos if you're doing it just for the visibility if you have a business you know like you're really thinking about using this as a tool to grow your visibility to get more sales to build authority then i think like anything else that you do you treat it like your business so you know if you're putting together a website and you're not sure what you're doing maybe you hire someone to help you maybe you you invest in a course maybe you uh, get a coach. Um, I guess where I'm trying to get, where I'm trying to go with this is you can absolutely grow on YouTube just by being yourself and creating content and using what you have, like your cell phone in a bright window. Um, but if you want to do that faster and more intentionally, then treat it like a business because YouTube really is a long-term investment in your business. Like it is going to bring you that return for a very long time. So I think treat it like the return that it can give you, right? Gosh, I love that. I'm literally like, all right, Bridget, this is what we're doing from now on. Okay, my question for you is, 
And I, this, this question has popped into my head a lot because I see an evolution. All of us go through evolutions of business mm -hmm. where, um, if you are doing a service, you start doing the service. I, I, th I feel like you kind of did it a little backwards, but I still want your thoughts on this where you start doing a service and then you start posting on like YouTube and then it turns, it shifts more into selling digital products and you being more of a creator. So I'd love to hear like what your day-to-day -day kind of looks like and where you spend your hours, like content creating or client creating versus like product creation. Mm -hmm. Perfect. Um, I love the, the thing about YouTube that really has made my life so much simpler is that content creation no longer takes up like my entire life in business, right? Which I feel like is something that people feel a lot. Um, so basically what I do is I create four videos per month. So I sit down one day, all I do is record those videos and those videos go up every Tuesday. So once a month for, for videos. But the amazing thing is that I created this strategy where one video turns into 92 different touch points across social media. So I can take that one video and create a carousel post, a trending reel, a uh, little, what I call teasers, so little snippets of the video that go up, listicles, um, co-posts. Anyway, it's literally 92 points of contact across wow. social media. And that's actually just a strategy that you can recreate for any long form piece of content. So for podcasting, you can take that long form piece of content and turn it into 92 touch points. Same thing with blogs, right? So bloggers out there who create this really rich content can turn that into 92 touch points that are appropriate for each platform. Um, so content creation is not something that takes up a lot of my time. Um, I do because, okay, so back to YouTube, because it's so scalable and there are so many hot leads coming in from this platform, you as a service provider really need to think about scalability if you're using YouTube. So my signature program, for instance, is an evergreen program. Um, it's highly scalable because I don't have a cap on how many clients I can support. So basically Tuesdays are my client support day with my team. So I do have a team that like helps me in the community, helps me on the group coaching calls, but on Tuesdays, I actually show up to the coaching calls. Um, and then the rest of the time is really just, you know, being a CEO, thinking about my business. How can I expand it? My latest expansion has been to the, you know, U.S. English speaking market. But, you know, what are other products that I want to uh, really bring to the table? Like, what are my next visibility goals, which is something very real that I think about. Um, so basically, I feel like sometimes I feel like I'm talking about, you know, how those people are like, oh, you can totally like work from a beach and not be attached to your laptop. And I know that I felt that that was impossible in many years ago. And it kind of feels like something that, you know, people say to get sales, but like, it's true. Like that's what I'm going through now. And it's only because of YouTube. God, they should pay me. I like, know they should. should pay like, me she's and the they biggest fan. <laughs> <laughs> I did see your cool plaque from YouTube and I was like, oh my God, that's Yay. so shiny. I think that this is the exact thing that a lot of entrepreneurs go through. And I think a lot of people kind of like sugarcoat the beginning because sometimes mm -hmm. the beginning 
we like you put in the legwork you did and now you get to this point where like you actually can sit from a beach like you did have a moment where you were burnt out and then you realized mm-hmm. like what you needed to do to pivot so um can you tell us what your schedule kind you kind of like did, you talked about it a little bit but maybe what your schedule you want to like. play by play of when you wake up in the morning until you go to bed That's at night. literally what I want well okay I, <laughs> I just feel like a lot of business owners go through this point where they're doing all the things they get burnt out like you're not the first person to tell me this I also was really burnt out at one point I had like nerve pain it was like a whole thing and I didn't realize it all was stemming from anxiety and like overworking myself mm-hmm. and this past year I think Bridget and I have done a really good job of like structuring our schedules and we can even do it better. So I'd love to hear what that looked like for you and like structuring post your burnout. Yeah. I think yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I think that the first thing that I will not, not do ever is wake up and have an hour in bed with my coffee and a book. Like if I don't do that, my whole day is shot and it just doesn't happen right? And it just throws me off of my game. And so I'm like, very, I keep my boundaries about that, right? Um, And then I go work out. What kind of book? Okay, that's a great question. I (laughs) I read um, nonfiction in the mornings, and fiction, fiction before I go to sleep. So I read a novels, like romance when I go to sleep, but in the morning, it's all about like business books, nonfiction, you know, uh, self help. Is that what they're called? Like, you know, Self-development. Self-development. I I like that better. Yeah. (laughs) I feel like it used to be called self-help and now I'm like self-development because self-help sounds (laughs) like less shiny. I mean, those books are so big. Like Bridget's always talking about different books that she's reading and I'm envious of that. I need to hop on that train, but books in the morning. Absolutely. Books in the morning. And I do not consume any content before, you know, my coffee and my book and my workout. So when I get back from working out, you know, shower, food. And so I usually just sit down to actually get to work around noon. So I have like a big breakfast slash lunch thing that I'm not really sure what it's called. And then I have another meal at like 5 p.m. And then I have dinner. So it's like, I don't know. My my meal schedule's weird. I don't think anybody will be able to relate to that. But um, sit down to work around noon. And then usually what that looks like is just making sure that everyone on my team is following their processes. I've spent a lot of time in my business creating processes so that things don't have to pass through me because that was a big mistake that, you know, I, I it happened to me. It ha- contributed to my burnout for sure. So I've spent a lot of time creating processes where people can get things done without talking to me. And of course, you know, they'll tag me in our Notion board if they have a question, if they need anything, but Notion, it, it was that like a heart for, yes, I love Notion. It like Obsessed. my whole business is on Notion. Obsessed, same. <laughs> use Notion, yeah. Bridget got me onto Notion and I'm at first I was like kind of not really into using it and now I'm all about it. I'm getting better at integrating a little bit more because I went from like Google Drive to Notion, but it is robust. It is robust, but the thing that I love about it is that you can literally create anything for your needs in your business. So there's definitely a learning curve. I did hire someone to help me with that, with creating these processes, which was a really good investment in my business and like not that expensive. And like, 
insanely returnable. I got me so much return. Um, so I do spend like one or two hours just like making sure everything's where it should be. Um, usually I do this like twice a week. So not every day, but maybe twice a week, I sit down with all the processes, make sure everything's running, look at all the content, look at the content calendar. And then I check if I need to review any copywriting, if I need to record any videos and basically kind of just like map out when I want to do what, because I, I like time blocking. So, you know, maybe I'll sit down for two hours and see like, okay, so I have to write three emails for the next two weeks. And then I'll just sit down and write those emails. And that's all I'll do that day. I'll have days where all I'll do is calls. So, you know, calls like these, maybe I have, have a meeting with my team. Maybe I want to hop on a call um, with a potential client or do one of those interviews that I mentioned. I'll do all of those also in one day. So it's really hard to be like every single day is like this because yeah. every day it looks different, but my work really consists of, you know, writing, copy, creating content, um, which usually is YouTube scripts and emails that I really, I really like writing emails because it goes back to that feeling of like, hey, Miga, you know, what's up? Here's an update, which is the same way I feel about the, the videos on YouTube. Um, so writing, recording, um, and then just being with my clients in our community and in, inside my signature program. Yeah, thank you. Thank you so much for going through basically the day to day cuz I think there's there's just so many businesses and so many things that happen throughout the day and no one really talks about what it looks like. So that really paints a picture of like you not only being a YouTube creator but also having robust products and SOPs are so important. Something that we've really been focusing on over the past few months is like delegating, like who do we delegate to? And so mm -hmm. confirmation for everybody out there who's trying to really build something where it doesn't feel like you're getting bogged down. So, yeah. I, I love that you mentioned products too, right? Because I think that's a big part of why it feels so easy now. And again, let's stress that, yes, I am 15 years in, right? Um, yeah. I am seven years into like actual digital products. Um and I think creating a product that works for you instead of the other way around is really important. So in my business, I've really been intentional about creating products that are from the get-go scalable. So what that means is I don't open and close cards, which, you know, is a lot of work either for me or my, um, or for my team. Um, we don't do launches. I do launches like very sporadically when I, feel like it because sometimes I just like like that excitement but they're very rare in my business these days so um my products are evergreen so no launching and really having a way to reach your ideal client all the time like YouTube so I build out my products thinking about YouTube and how YouTube can really get me those leads and then get me my leads into a funnel, everything is automated and then just watch it happen and take care of my clients. Like that's the important part to me, like being there on the front end, like videos and you know, that front end content and in the back end, just like really nurturing and caring and helping my clients with their strategy and with their implementation. Yeah. Thank you. Longevity ever for anyone that's listening today longevity is key. And Lou does such an amazing job of 
teaching us how we can use things like YouTube or press with VOP, but YouTube to really support our business because it is a search engine, like you shared at the end of the day. And yeah. that's so valuable and scalable. So where can we find you? What is your name on YouTube? What is your name on Instagram? Tell us all the things. Yay. Okay. You can find me everywhere at Lou Levy. So L-U-L-E-V-Y. Um, you can also go to lulevy.com slash no dash launch. So no launch, right? Because we're doing evergreen here. Um, to watch a full training on how to create that scalable evergreen product and then use YouTube to really just build that sales machine. So that's lulevy.com slash no dash launch. Thank you so much for sharing your value today. We so appreciate it. And thank you everybody for listening to another episode of Visibility Era, the podcast. We'll see you next time. Thank you so much. I had so much fun. Thank you so much for listening. Make sure to follow along with us on Instagram at Visibility on Purpose or jump into our free Facebook community. It's called Visibility on Purpose Community. Please give us a five-star review, rate us, write us a little comment if you feel so inclined. We are so grateful to have you here on this journey with us. 